A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, welcome back to Deep Dish Radio. I'm Tim Powers, and this is my show. Uh, my guest today is my pal Bobby Hart. Bobby was uh, half of the songwriting duo, Boyce and Hart, who not only changed the Constitution of the United States, but also wrote a zillion gold records uh, and wrote the theme to the monkeys. And they wrote Last Train to Clarksville and their own hits. Uh, You're Still My Favorite Girlfriend, Alice Long, Out and About, I Wonder What She's Doing Tonight. Well, most recently... A new uh, new recording of a Boyce and Hart song has emerged on the new album Good Times, available from Rhino Records by, yeah, it's the Monkees. They're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and so Mickey Dolenz, Peter Tork, and Michael Nesmith have uh, joined together in the studio with uh, producers and arrangers and, uh, and some great musicians and some great songwriters uh, to put together a th- uh, 13-track album that comes out uh, in May of 2016, I have heard the album. It is well worth whatever you spend for it, and uh, the song "Whatever's Right" by uh, by Boyce and Hart appears on that album. And as a matter of fact, Tommy and Bobby are uh, backup vocals on that, and uh, Bobby plays uh, Bobby plays keys uh, on the record. And we'll talk a little bit about that. It's really an exciting time, and Bobby is just such an interesting fella, has such a tremendous, uh, gracious outlook on everything, uh, and he's just a pleasure to, uh, just a pleasure to know, and I think you're going to like what you hear. Speaking of liking what you hear, here's as much of, uh, here's, here's as much of whatever's right as I am legally allowed to play. There. So if you like that, you're really going to like this album. It's, uh, it's called Good Times. It's from the Monkees. It's available on Rhino Records. And it will be available in May of 2016 wherever you buy your records, uh, your your iTunes, your Barnes and Noble will have a copy. Even even Walmart's going to have a copy of this thing. So, uh, you know, part with a few dollars and pick it up. Uh, and if you uh, if you enjoy what you hear from Bobby, I encourage you to pick up his book. His autobiography is called Psychedelic Bubblegum, and it's the story of uh, of his life up to and including. Uh, his time as uh, as the uh, part of the hit making machine that was the monkeys phenomenon and what it was like on the road with Boyce and Hart and what happened even through the through the seventies and eighties. Speaking of monkeys, I want to turn you on to my friend Emily Dolans, who is uh, who we, I talked about Mickey Dolans. This is his daughter, and she is a fantastic fine art photographer who does fantastic work, and uh, that work is available for sale for which you can gift or decorate your home. 
And uh, we love her work, and uh, she's always been fantastic to us. So we encourage you to check out the products that she has for sale on her Society 6 page. Uh, it is Society6, the number 6, dot com, E. Dolans. And you can get tote bags and prints and pouches and travel mugs and pillows and things like that. And you can uh, you can see the world through Emily's eyes. They are uh, really, really nice, great things. And we encourage you to pick those up. If you like the show, we encourage you to tell your friends. Let them know about Deep Dish Radio, that they can uh, that they can listen on the website, deepdishradio.com. They can subscribe on iTunes. They can now subscribe through Google Play Music. That's right. I am one of the shows that is on Google Play Music's new podcast uh, channel. So that's really exciting. Or, uh, you know, just send them the link. However you're listening, just let them know. We love it. Uh, we're getting some great mail. We're getting some great email. You can email me if you would like. Uh, my email address is tim at deepdishradio.com. That's tim at deepdishradio.com. You can also follow me on Twitter. Same thing, at deepdishradio. You could check me out in both places. There's also a Facebook page if you want to see who I've got coming up. I have some very exciting shows coming up. But I really, I do encourage you to uh, to check us out, tell your friends, uh, if you really like the show, leave some reviews on iTunes. I could really appreciate that. Uh, you know, five-star reviews go a long way on iTunes. So log in and let the world know what you think of, uh, of this show and let them know I talk too much. So in just a second, we're going to join Bobby Hart and uh, we begin the conversation as we discuss how the monkey's sound was developed, uh, you know, with as many people putting songs into the monkey's machine you know you've got your your boys and hearts and you've got your neil sadakas and you've got your neil diamonds and you've got your your carol kings who are all writing so and michael nesbeth who's who are all writing songs in the early days of the monkeys how did that come about and how do you how do you create something that doesn't sound like what's coming out of every other every other band it's really uh bobby's so insightful you're gonna love it he's coming up right after this Right. 
now now I'm on uh, good times with uh, whatever's with, right with but, Tommy. That's so basically, right. yeah, just justice and uh, and uh, and the soundtrack to the movie. That's really the. I mean, there. It's not an exaggeration, and and certainly other and and more uh, more entrenched journalists have said it than I that the the monkey sound is is really due in large part to to, to Boyce and Hart. It's almost um, inextricable, you know. And well, we kind of gave you uh, a glimpse into it in uh, in psychedelic bubblegum. We t- I talked quite a bit about the year, um, the most most of a year that we had the opportunity to be thinking about this project before the monkeys were cast and before we knew that we had such a treasure trove in the voices of Mickey and Davey. Right. And uh, and so we did put a lot of time and energy and creativity into thinking about how to best present this new tele- made-for-television group. And uh, I, I think a big part of the sound standing up is that we made the decision to use my band, the Cantor Prophets, in the studio rather than what they're what they're now calling the Wrecking Crew, which we never called them, but we did use those guys on a lot of records, Cal mm-hmm. Blaine and Joe Osmond and and the guys in Tedesco. But uh, I think that's really what gave it a credibility because they they had a they had a challenged credibility for a while because of the ruckus that that was started, I guess, with the uh, with the Nesmith uh, Saturday night Saturday uh, Saturday evening post, yeah, article where he said, uh, "Tell the world that we're made up. They put millions of dollars into this thing, and we don't even sing on or whatever." And you know, if that hadn't happened, I don't think anybody would have thought twice about it because that was no different than what everybody else was doing it. Still, you know, you use studio musicians when you're trying to make the best record. But I think our decision to to use a band that I'd played with for three or four years by then, Tommy had even been a part of it for a short time. Right. Gave it a credibility that sounded like a real band, even though everybody knew these these were cast cast uh, actors. Right, because you guys television. you guys had a you, the candy store profits had a groove because you all knew yeah. each other. You'd all been playing together. Yeah. So it's instead of yeah. sounding like a bunch of session guys who were hired for the day, not to yeah. not to discount that, but um, no, they were great. I mean, well, like I said, we used them all the time on other projects. But for this was a new new group. People didn't know them except now they're going to get interested with them on television. Uh, what should they sound like? Should they sound like every other record? instrumentally that's being made on the west coast right now uh, you know so i think it was a good decision and those guys were so great and we had you know the prophets and i had been playing we were playing throughout the the times when we were producing the monk the new monkeys tracks right. we were still playing at gigs at night and we had at that time decided that we'd given ourselves a name finally and we've been playing for years just in clubs around L.A., but we finally said, let's try to be a, a group and get a record deal. So we started uh, then incorporating some of the new songs that Tommy and I were writing, which we had not done before. Basically, we were a cover band. Wow. So so we had been playing words, and she, and maybe another one or two in clubs for a few months. So it, it was just the, the obvious uh, next step to use these guys in the studio. 
really, really interesting. Uh, I mean, because you, it is. It's a, it's a cohesive. It's a cohesive band. And when you listen to, uh, when you listen to a group play that that knows each other, that where, um, you know, it, there's some give and take. And and to the listener, you hear, you know, certain signature riffs. You hear certain signature organ riffs, or or a, or a drum fill, or something like that. And you go, "Yep, it's those guys again," um, yeah. which is a familiarity that I think existed on those monkeys tracks that you guys produced that wouldn't have existed if it if it had been you know, the, the for themselves or, um, or another group of musicians, you know, hired track by track where the yeah. lineup changed track by track. Yeah. And, and the process of recording is another point of, uh, about this is that, as you know, you, you could get, you're supposed to make uh, musicians union law said you could cut four songs in three hours and the record companies expected us to do that. So if you're using session musicians, that means you got to teach them the track, uh, teach them the song, and, and and what you have in mind, what the producer has in mind for the for the sound and the track, and what what kind of riffs and what kind of grooves, you know. And you got 20 minutes, uh, whatever it is, 20 minutes or 30, 40 minutes. Right. I don't know. I don't. I'm not good at math. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you get four of them in three hours, and uh, at the same time. Uh, you're recording uh, at least five, five to seven instruments uh, live, you know, on a four-track machine. That's all we had. So you're recording live the four, four to seven instruments. So I mean, that's that's quick, and that's why the studio, LA Studio Cats were were working as as fast as as much as they did because they worked fast, and they yeah. Um, like that, but when w the way we worked with with the monkeys was as if we were a band. We would take our guys into a rehearsal studio, work out the arrangements, get it all figured out, and then go into one of the big studios. Uh, so you guys would, in fact, a lot of those songs were in fact uh, club rehearsed. They were road rehearsed. Mm -hmm. You know, like they were. We, we did. I'm not saying we did the exact same arrangements, but pretty close because we had already demoed those songs, and that's what we were doing in the clubs. Yeah, crazy. Do you, um, when Andrew played you, whatever's right. I know there's there's limited memory of of those events, but w what came through your mind when when he played you that track? I remembered it. I mean, it certainly came back into my consciousness. Sure, but even though I couldn't have uh, sung it to you a moment before, but it came right back. <laughs> Amazing. And the uh, the background parts were pretty uh, wall to wall, and I mean there's, you're singing almost as much as the lead, so that was pretty uh, intricate that we'd worked out. But it all came right back. Wow! And and what were the what were the overdubs? Well, I guess not the overdub sessions, but your sessions for the new recording. Um, you know, uh, well, that was it. Uh, singing background and whatever's right, and then uh, then Andrew cut one uh, a cut called uh, uh, Andy Partridge song called um, Love. That's what I want, or something like that, and which is really a good song. Yeah, and uh, he asked me to come down and play uh, organ, so I those I played on those two cuts. Now that that one, uh, Love, that's what I want, is not going to be on the album, but. He said it would be it would show up in some form, and I, I remember Andrew saying one of the things that would be was the B side 
of the single, and I don't know what that means today. I didn't know they had B-sides. <laughs> it, is, uh, it is showing up on the, the Japanese release, so if you are huh. if you are a hardcore collector, it looks like that's where wow. it's going to show up. And then, huh. let's see, uh, I'm doing a little quick research here. Uh, it shows up as an exclusive 7-inch vinyl 45, just like the old days, uh, available exclusively at your local Barnes & Noble. So there you go. Okay. It is the... Well, they're really, they got the ducks in a row to at Rhino for the first time. I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, they got something that, to, to sink their teeth in for the first time. They got something that's worth going all, the way, going all out on. Yeah, it's but really... I'm told that they've got an exclusive at not only at Target, but also at Target and, uh, and Walmart. Now they've got Barnes & Noble doing a vinyl. Yep. That's pretty cool. And an extra track available only at the uh, the FYE store, so your Sam Goodies and things like that. So, FYE. Yeah, it's the the folks that own Sam Goody and your the the few remaining uh, record stores in the mall are usually FYE locations. So. I didn't know that. They don't they don't own Amoeba, uh, do they? No, Amoeba's no. going to be on its own. Are you going to be at Amoeba on Friday? Nothing. No, I don't know what's going on there. There is uh, there's a listening party at five o'clock on Friday. Oh, to play the whole album? To play the whole album, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'll be done. I know nobody called me about it. I probably would have gone down, but nobody's asked me, so. Well, I'll be there. We'll go hang out. <laughs> you are, yeah? Yeah. Let me see. It's Let me gonna... see what Friday looks like. Yeah, I could still. Friday at 5 o'clock. Wow. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be. I mean, the album, um, I, let's see, I haven't heard Love's What I Want, and I haven't heard the 13th track, the one that uh, Adam wrote with Mickey. I was there, and I'm told I had a good time. <laughs> Which is good. It's a perfect way to cap the album. <laughs> but uh, I have I I dig this record a lot. It is really it's everything you want from a monkey's record. You know, it's got all yeah. the. If there was a list of all the things that you would expect on it, you know, uh, a Davy song. Which, by the way, they did a great job remastering. Yes. You know. Very nice. And uh, you know the and when I when I first heard about the record, I'm like. Oh man, I hope Tommy and Bobby are represented somehow. You know, even if even if it's just a free as a bird thing where they find an old track and just put new vocals on it or whatever, as long as they're there, you know, yeah. and, and the and the profits are playing, it's a good thing. And, <laughs> yeah. and we get this, and which is which is which surpasses my expectations. I I love this whatever's right track, and I'm like, yeah, it oh, sounds good. like it was just pulled right out of there and just plugged yeah. right in. Yeah. Uh, well, we have Andrew to thank for that. He he, he uh, resurrected it from somewhere and. And thank God Adam liked it because uh, he he recorded it. So yep, the backing track was originally uh, going to be released a few years ago on one of the uh, on one of the super deluxe um, re-releases of the original Nine Monkeys albums, but it, uh, hmm. it it didn't make that cut. And now here we are, and we get it! Yay! Yeah, on the on the, on the right. In the, in the right venue, it's showing up where it should be. Right, and uh, yeah. as a as a new track, and uh, oh man, I'm I'm so glad. And um, you know, did you have uh, a right of refusal on this? If you were like, no, 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 it's not our best work. So no, the uh, the, pub the publisher has no uh, no uh, no responsibility say. to uh, to get my permit, the songwriter's permission for anything. They own these songs, and they can do what they want. Used to be in the old days when we had more of a relationship with people uh, at the publisher. Now it's changed hands so many times, but they would call more at least let you know what was going on. But they, they don't have to. They license these songs in any way they want. But uh, of course, I would never have said no. 
<laughs> sure. I mean, the the reviews have been uh, resoundingly positive all the way down. You know, I don't I don't know if if you care to read them or anything like that. But even Rolling Stone is like, yeah, this is great. This is fantastic. Oh, good. And uh, well, I remember uh, that the first time I heard about the new album, I believe it was from the Rolling Stone article two or three months ago. Right. Be more. And the, and the tour, but I haven't seen lately. And then uh, I was going to mention that Don, my friend Don Graham, my, or had a promotion at A&M Records when we were there. And, right. And uh, he worked on my book uh, last year. Uh, just left a message when I just got in saying that uh, in the arts, what is it, arts and entertainment section of the L.A. Times today, there's a long glowing interview about the monkeys i haven't it's funny i went to lunch and i always i always take the times and i pull out all the stuff i'm not going to have time to read right that one away. <laughs> <laughs> so i haven't seen it but anyways if you haven't seen it you might want to dig it up today. i will definitely it was sitting in my yard this morning and uh, as much as I, I tried to prepare for this interview i, I didn't get to the times because it never dawned on me that there yeah. would be a, a contemporary article about this yeah um, wow, man! It's uh, this is really. I did, uh, let's see, I did an interview yesterday, uh, and I can't even tell you where the radio station is, but it, it's sent. He sent. He did a live on-air interview, and then he takes that and edits it and puts. It goes to syndication to four hundred stations. Wow! All these show called Rewind, and uh, he said. Uh, but on that local station that we were doing a live interview, he said, and we've put uh, uh, the two monkeys tracks that are out and uh, our rotation that we're playing that. Even though we're an oldie station, we play good records from old old guys. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't say it exactly like that, but <laughs> I mean, I, I listen to a lot of a lot of classic rock radio and uh, and things like that. And um, you know, when this album came out and you know, as new albums are coming out from, like, the Beach Boys put out an album two or three years ago, and the Zombies just... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Put out an album about eight months ago, and, I'm, and I got thinking, where are these guys going to get airplay? Yeah, they're not going to play them on the oldie stations, and they're not going to play them on the Kiss FM, Kiss 101, whatever it is. Yeah, you know, new rock stations aren't going to play it, so the only only outlets you have are word of mouth and satellite radio. Yeah. Um, And even, yeah, satellite radio might find a place. The Monkeys should have a channel on on, uh, 
on, on uh, what's it called? On the Sirius XM. Sirius XM. Yeah, they really should, because I mean, once you, once you probably got cousin Bruce, he will play it a couple of times, maybe, but I, I don't know if he. Would. He's pretty much into the old days. Well, we'll see what happens on Monday um, because the the, the Nesmith Torkin and Dolans did uh, an interview with Felix Cavallari uh, that I think starts airing on uh, on Monday. On, on Sirius. On Sirius, yeah, and that should be pretty. Does interesting. he have his own uh, channel? He doesn't have his own channel, but apparently the they just they wanted to promote this and uh, and the right people got involved, so. It should be should be really oh. interesting because the the John Hughes John Hughes was at the studio and we were doing uh, backgrounds on whatever's right and yeah. he told me that they was supposed to hit the hit the streets on the twenty eighth which is a Saturday is that is that the date That's right That's why the listening party is the is the twenty seventh because you'll be able to we'll be able to pick up a record there Oh yeah So he told me that there is some kind of um, a network television special that will be airing. That weekend or that day, I don't know. If, it didn't sound like it was a nighttime special. CBS so Sunday Morning, I know, is is going to feature morning, feature the guys. the The CBS Sunday Morning Show, I know, was up in uh, yeah. on the Central Coast interviewing um, uh, Michael Nesmith a couple weeks ago, and that's scheduled to air on the 29th. Okay, that's what that's what it is. Yeah. So the CBS CBS Morning Show. Yeah. On on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Or, or, Sunday the okay. yeah Sunday the 29th is when is when it's going to air. Um, so be sure and check that out on your local CBS affiliate, of course, but, uh, <laughs> but in the meantime, buy this, buy this record. Cause, uh, cause the Tommy and Bobby song on it just cooks, man. It, it cooks. Now you, your traditional axe is a Hammond B3, but that's a, if I, if I listen to it right, that's a Vox, isn't it? The organ that yeah, you on, uh, on the, on the love, that's what I want on, uh, on both on, on whatever's right. And, uh, well, I haven't heard love's what I want yet. No, I, I'm not. You, you, okay, in in the '60s, it might have been a Vox, but not if I had anything to say about it. There's <laughs> always, there was always been a Hammond B3 in every studio, and that's what I would have been playing because that's what I know how to play. Right. Uh, with the the cut that I did for Andrew, he rented. Uh, was it a Vox or a Far? I think it was a Vox. And insisted that I play it, and I said, you know, there's a Hammond sitting right there, and we play, but I know how to play. And I said, well, just do a couple on this one, and then I'll let you. He never did let me do the Hammond. He wanted that sound. So, I mean, the Stepping Stone, Oregon Lake is definitely a Hammond B3. No question. You can hear the the Leslie swirling, but uh, I couldn't tell you what's on him, whatever's right. That's all right. I mean, speaking of Stephenstone, uh, speaking as a, as a former 13-year-old guitar player, thank you for EGAC, by the way. That's <laughs> cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. It really does. Uh, have, you heard the, have you heard the final product, the whole, uh, the whole Good Times album? Yes, when I, when I saw Mickey uh, a few weekends ago, he said... Uh, when I get back, I'll send you the link. So he did, and, and so I can play it on the computer. And but I haven't heard those extra cuts like you're talking about. Yeah, I haven't heard those either. I, I look forward to uh, I look forward to uh, to finding some enterprising American entrepreneur who will sell the Japanese edition, so I can pick that up. It's, it's kind <laughs> Why of. Can't you get it on uh, Amazon? Uh, let's see. Looks like it's an import. iTunes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, that's how I got. That's how I got some of the. Some of the other stuff, but 
And there's a second version of Me and Magdalena that uh, apparently has all different productions. It's coming out on iTunes mm. uh, same day, which is a great cut. It's a great song. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I left a message for Peter. I hope I didn't offend him because I was so impressed how great he sounded on a couple of the cuts. He really does. And I hope he didn't take it the wrong way. Like, well, what, how come you never used me when, in 1966? <laughs> but I think, I, I hope he knows what I mean. He just, he sounds terrific. He's never been, he's not, never sung better. You know what? That's true. Um, there are, you know, previous versions of the, of the little girl song that, um, that he, he record, he put on the album Trek nine. For those of you keeping score at home, um, there's live versions and there's a couple other previously released versions. And this, uh, his voice is just so sweet, whether it's um, as a result of the work that he's done after, w- with all respect, the, the result of the work that he's done after his, his cancer recovery or, oh, yeah. or the, um, or just the, the sweetness of the studio. His voice has, has something to it that, that a lot of us haven't heard before, you know? That's right. So I'm glad I'm not the only one who's hearing that. Yeah. Um, so you, you've been doing the autograph shows, uh, sometimes yeah. with Peter, sometimes with Mickey, sometimes just on your own. Um, mm. what's, what's that like for you, you know, to see the, the superhero people walking by and things like that? What's that, what's that like for you? Yeah, the, there was a, the, there was a show in, in the Boston suburb that was like, just, I couldn't believe the costumes that people were coming by with. And you had no idea who was under all of that, you know, yeah. it was under, <laughs> but anyway, it was, it was just fun to watch, but, uh, I, I never charged in my, in my whole life for an autograph until two years ago. And uh, so I was like, well, I knew people were doing it. I knew there was such a thing as autograph shows, but I said, well, you know, I don't think I want to do that. Right. But then when, when the book came out, of course, I wanted to get get out there and, and have books to sell. So uh, I might tell stop me if I've told you this one before, but uh, the first thing was the, the monkey uh, convention, 2014. Right. And uh, and so they said, hey, here's your table, and you just sit here and you you know, sell your eight by tens so just before they were opening the doors ian ian lee from 70 records in london yep uh, bbc uh person radio morning radio personality he's a, so he's he a friend of the show him. he's been a, he's been a guest on the show oh so yeah he's a, he's a funny guy yeah he's very funny he's a good egg so i hadn't met him but he, he said can i do a quick interview with uh, he just had a self-contained uh, video camera and right I said sure before they opened the doors. So I did his interview, and uh, and as part of it, I told him what I just told you that I'd never before sold an, uh, an autograph, right. <laughs> and I were charged for an autograph. So um, we ended the interview, and he said, "Here's here's there's twenty bucks on the table." He says, "I want to be the first selling an autograph." Made <laughs> by ten to him, and and I uh, handed it to him, and he said. He said, I feel so dirty, and I know you do, too. We'll never speak of this again. <laughs> <laughs> That's very Ian. Yes, it is. So I was, uh, from then on, I was corrupted. So I've just been doing them whenever. I've only done the ones that people, you know, call and ask me to come to. So right. I, uh, I don't know how long it'll go on or what, what, you know, what the future of that is. But it is fun to meet the, the fans firsthand and see... The memorabilia that they bring in, and uh, and the stories that they have, and I haven't been out there mingling eye to eye with fans, you know, for right. forty years. What is the um the, 
what's the most obscure thing somebody's brought you? You know, like you know, little monkey mobile plastic uh, replicas, and <laughs> they want right. to autograph the top of them, whatever. There's <laughs> all kinds of stuff, and, and albums from the day, you know, 1966 albums, and some of them in mint condition, some of them all tattered and torn from years of playing, and it's just all good. That's really cool. That's really cool. Do you, is it something you enjoy? Do you do enjoy doing the the autograph shows? I do enjoy it. It's, it's a it's a little hectic. Um, Mar- my wife Marianne goes with me and helps, and uh, it's just, you know it's usually a three days. It's very hectic without much any breaks or anything, but uh, it's fun to do. And like I said, I enjoy it. Oh, you! I, I just realized you missed an opportunity. You had mentioned uh, our mutual friend Ian Lee. Yeah. who is not only a huge fan and a very funny guy, but also responsible for re-releasing the first Bobby Hart solo album, which I have in my hand right now. There you go. So so there you go, folks. Bye. Well, I almost brought it up when we were talking about that interview that yesterday where the guy put the Monkey uh, single on their playlist. He said uh, he, he played as I was going off. He played uh, my cut of Hurt So Bad from this album, and he said we're also playing this in rotation. So, I mean, that's, I think that's pretty cool. <laughs> so there is a, as you know, a record that I made in 1978, although it says 1980 somewhere in the, in the uh, booklet, but 78, I realized I had never put out a, an album as a, as a solo act, even though I had a couple of dozen singles out over the years. And I decided I would do that. So I made this kind of urban R and B, uh, uh, album, of new material, uh, and uh, and it just kind of fits that era. Yeah, but it, some of the some of the cuts uh, hold up, and I, I'm keep getting told it hurts so bad is sounds sounds contemporary for some reason to the new young ears. It does. It it absolutely does. And uh, this the album. If you're if you want to hear what. Uh, what uh, what the what seventies era <laughs> Bobby Hart sounds like, and want to hear uh, a contemporary version of Hurt So Bad? It's available on Seven A Records from our friend Ian Lee. Yeah, I, Amazon is the way to get it. That's about they're selling it internationally that way. Right. So um, Ian Lee's partner uh, Greg Gretlin right uh, told me that they they dug up a, uh, an old vinyl copy of this album from German in Germany somewhere. This, the record came out originally on Warner, Warner Brothers Records in a few European countries, but it was never released in the States. And so they found this, and they said, this needs to come out. And so I licensed it to them and and dug up uh, two or three other cuts, because we had overcut for the album a couple of the cuts that didn't make the uh, songs, that didn't make the cut of that first configuration. Right. So there's new material on it. And then the interesting thing happened then, I had gone to Hong Kong with my two background singers, and we had done a we'd done four or five cuts from that album in '78. So we released uh, that video of me singing it in, uh, on that TV special in Hong Kong, singing "Hurt So Bad" and a few others. And then Vince Magna, who was the guitar player on this album in '78, and uh, who actually replaced. Jerry McGee in the in the Randazzo band where we all got together at the Candy Store Province first met. Right. And Jerry quit that group and Vince that's how we met Vince. And I played with him in clubs around town. 
in the early, in the second half of the '60s. Anyway, he I sent him a copy and uh, of the CD, and he uh, he said, you know, this hurts so bad. Just sounds great. It should be. Uh, I want to make a video on it. So Vince had uh, kind of quit the music business and become uh, one of the nation's top lemon law lawyers in Milwaukee. <laughs> so he said, he said, I've been doing these videos, just kind of humorous videos about the law and so on, and, and he said, I'd like to make one for Hurt So Bad. So he hired New York actors and uh, professional team of videographers and directors, and, and they made this uh, three-and-a-half-minute video I've heard so bad that I'm not in it. It's just you know the actors and and it's kind of going viral. It's 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 weird. It's up to it's about uh, three going on four thousand hits so far. And he's working it from back there, and other people are passing it on. It's it's crazy. Yeah, I saw it, and I'm like, is this is this legit? Is this yeah. somebody who just who just found this, uh, you know, found this little this album track from the from a, an album that wasn't even released in the states and just decided to make a video on it or is it legit yeah. and i'm like it's got to be legit because everything's so so well done yeah it's yeah the uh the lead actor is a i don't know kind of semi-well-known he's done a lot of movies and television and and uh they did a good job of it it's black and white and kind of moody in nature uh, it fits the song dark than than what I would have done with that. It it fits the song, I think. It fits the song, yeah, and uh, especially my my version of it, which is I don't know I, I don't know how to describe it, uh, but uh, Pendergrass. What was that guy's name? Teddy kind of, Pendergrass. Yeah, Teddy Pendergrass style, I guess. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only comparison I can think of. It works. And, uh, it works. Yeah. And it's great. So, well, yeah, he did a great job, and it's because of Vince and the fact that he's out there uh, uh, getting it out, and and monkey fans are finding it and passing it on, and and he's still gonna he's still going on it. I don't know how how far it'll take this, but he's uh, he's getting you know he's very excited about it. Very cool. <laughs> and he was a, 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 the original album didn't have this cut on it, but I put one of the one of the outcuts, you know, which is a song that uh, Vince wrote with me, so. He has that extra added incentive. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a great way to work the system. Um, yeah. <laughs> b- before I let you go, my friend, uh, has there been any movement on the on that great documentary? None. Wow. The, uh, the producers uh, are not really performing that role. They they are focused elsewhere, shall we say? I, yeah, I don't know what they're doing, but uh, Rachel made a great uh, piece, and... Uh, a great documentary on Boyce and Hart, right? But does doesn't have the time or energy to put into doing what's necessary to raise the money to do the licensing of the songs and the clips, the video clips. So it's sitting there. I still think when I get some time, I'll I'll uh, try to get back to it. I mean, it hasn't even got to the point of of making a cue sheet. So that's wow. the first step: we're going to make a cue sheet and then figure out how much it's going to cost and then raise some money. Wow! So I think it'll find a home. I just don't know when and where it deserves to be seen. Certainly should. I, you know, it's a, it's a great documentary. And the the rough cut that that I saw, which was the same one screened to to everybody else in Los Angeles. Um, wow! You know, it's what a what a tremendous story. And uh, and to keep it in the cans is not doing anybody any favors. So no. Um, 
you know. No, I, I, I just have to find the time to. Uh, Glenn, uh, my co-writer on Psychedelic Bubblegum. Well, Psychedelic Bubblegum, I'm going to. We're doing a little uh, um, re relaunch uh, to, to mark the first anniversary of its of its uh, release last year and try to spread it a little wider. The, the Monkees fans and the Boys and Heart fans were so incredible uh, how they supported it and how it stayed on the Amazon uh, pop uh, biography charts, number one for so many weeks, and still pops in on that chart, the top 100, uh, off and on. But I'd, I'd like to, uh, what, we're, what we're doing now is working on uh, getting a wider audience for it, um, because I've been told that from so many people that it's, uh, just a good read standing on its own uh, so it really I is get... i mean independent of independent of its uh you know the monkey's thing which is obviously a significant point in your career no question about it and a significant point in your life um right. you're you still <laughs> you know there's so much more to it than that and i think that that was my takeaway from the from the documentary you know, yeah. um, I said the last time we met that that you were responsible, and you very humbly, uh, you know, kind of sheepishly shoved it aside. But you changed the Constitution of the United States. That's a pretty big deal, you know. Well, I'm proud of our involvement in it because there were thousands of other kids that right. we we were out there beating the bushes and lobbying Congress and all. And, and uh, very happy that we got it done. If somebody had said, uh, you know, you're going to have to change the Constitution of the United States to make this happen, that 18-year-olds can vote, you know, I would have said, well, how hard can that be? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know. Right. We, just, we were just doing it, and all the planets aligned, and it worked. And it was pretty cool. So, uh, you know, you there's, there's, there's great stories in that book, in the, you know, it, Regardless of how one feels about the monkeys or how one feels about, um, you know that that project, um, the, the stories in the book. Even if you're not a monkeys fan, you're still going to take away a lot of great stuff. And it is a it's a it's a phenomenal read, and it's a great if if you are a fan of the era as I am, um, you really get a sense of uh, seeing that whole that that whole era, and even the era leading up to it through Bobby's eyes and it's it's I, I can't say enough good things about it so pick well, it up folks uh, yeah I appreciate the, the kind words and that's what we're doing we're going to go we're going back now to to some of the fans who were so supportive and gave us such nice reviews and asking them uh, if they would do me the favor of, uh, of going on some of these wider audience uh, sites, you know, like Goodreads and those kinds of sites that are just about people who like to read, not any particular genre, and uh, and doing a little a little endorsement uh, or review. So that's what that's our thrust right now. And then Glenn and I are simultaneously working on our second book. So things are busy. Can you tell us about the second book already? Well, it's it's not a biography, obviously, but it's uh, it's more in the self help area, and it's. Uh, about, uh, it's about creativity. It's, uh, the title is going to be something like uh, Five Ancient Yogic Secrets uh, that trigger 
wicked awesome creativity something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the I love the dichotomy right there. That's that's really mm-hmm. cool. Uh, I have taken up a great deal of your time already, and you've been so gracious. Um, Good times is available wherever you get your music. Get it right now. Uh, look for. Uh, psychedelic bubblegum on Amazon. Pick up a copy. Buy a whole bunch for your friends and neighbors for various holidays and birthdays because it's definitely worth reading. Um, Bobby, you have an outlet here anytime you want. Anytime you just want to preach to the nation, uh, <laughs> we are uh, we are here. And uh, I hope I get to see you on Friday at the listening party at Amoeba. Well, it's all, always fun talking to you, and uh, you do such intelligent interviews. And so I hope to do some more with you whenever uh, you want to do that. And. Uh, or not, but I'll, I'll be thinking about it. Very cool. All right. Yeah. Thanks. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.